Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join us in our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-7928. That's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask, A-S-K, at SWATradio.com. And if you are listening to the podcast, you can also send us your questions on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And we will be sure to answer those questions just as soon as we are in the studio uh, together again live. So today's Wednesday. Doug, how's it going today? Well, there is a lot going on in the mm-hmm. world today. Um, do you know who Larry Kudlow is? Uh, yeah. Yeah. Larry Kudlow, uh, he's actually saying that what's going on in Israel right now is linked to the colonial pipeline. Really? Yep. He believes uh, it, they represent a test to Biden to see how Biden responds. Well, yeah. And you I know, mean, that doesn't, that's not too surprising. You know, I mean, uh, I, Russia and Iran kind of are, um, you know, partners as far as in, in, in looking to weaken the United States so that they would coordinate. It wasn't, wouldn't be too big of a stretch. Uh, for those who don't know, Hamas is, you know, an arm of the Iranian government. Are, well, know, they're, they're a funded, terrorist state. Yeah, they're, they're funded yeah. by Iran, yeah, which is the largest well, funder well, of, well, state get, funder of yeah, terrorism. Yeah, but guess who backs Iran? Russia. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Russia. Uh, Russia is involved with everything. Mm-hmm. uh that is right now that is going on except you know uh coronavirus <laughs> and you know it wouldn't surprise me if there was some kind of coordination with china on that i don't know but uh russia is definitely involved but <clears throat> apparently uh, bb netanyahu uh came out and uh he said tanks are rolling and he's given them an ultimatum did did you hear about his ultimatum he basically said that uh, they are rolling tanks, and if the rockets don't stop, they're going to plow through Gaza, mm. and whatever they and until the rockets stop, and and the Palestinians will not get back whatever they take over. Wow! So he said, "This is a clear message, and we make no mistake. Uh, I'm sorry about there being refugees, but whatever we take, you will not get back." He and he he does not make an idle threat. Yeah. Netanyahu is a man who stands behind his word, and um, I think things are really heating up over there to see what's going on. And he's uh, Kudlow's right; it is a test, and um, unfortunately, uh, President Biden is not a strong leader. Uh, you can say what you want about him, uh, but his that, tweets aren't mean, Doug. So it's all good. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Uh, he is, uh, it's, it's just really sad to me that, uh, this is, I mean, we're five months into his presidency and, uh, the economy is about, I mean, it's, it's starting mm-hmm. to feel the lack of leadership there. Uh, people were all excited about all the money they're getting, but that money go to the grocery store and see how prices are going up. Yeah. Inflation is up, uh, the highest since 2008, since the great recession. Um, and, some people are predicting that it's going to continue to rise. Um, and yeah, there's, there's been talks of, you know, hyperinflation. Now that that's not something that we're seeing right now, but the, the fact that people are talking about that is kind of, 
should be concerning. Well, you know? it, it definitely should be. And I don't know if you have been out and about around the town. I have. And we're seeing lines in Jacksonville. Mm-hmm. I mean, like uh, up in up on uh, in South Carolina, it's worse. Up yeah. The further North north, Carolina, north you go, yeah. the further north you go, the worse it is. In, far- in Charlotte, where uh, we lived for a long time, six years, the, the the uh, local government there said that it's an emer- emergency and that non-essential travel should be limited because of the shortages. Yeah, and so uh, we're coming. We're we're about two or three weeks away from summer travel beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, they better start having some leadership up there. Uh, we or we're going to see. Well, and one of the problems is it's being treat. You know, people are um, treating it almost. This is like uh, the toilet paper of uh 2020 hmm. right i mean like uh except more essential uh, much more yeah. essential well i don't know it depends on your perspective right well, i mean uh, you can always hop in the shower if you don't got tp well right? that's that's true <laughs> that's true but we digress right <laughs> yeah uh, well no we're glad you could join us today on swat radio swat stands for spiritual warriors advancing truth and taylor and i usually take the first part of the program and we talk about what's going on uh in and around our country and the news um and kind of our response to it um but uh there's some things going on german priests are defying pope francis with a blessing of same-sex unions in Mm. germany i don't know if you saw that uh so there's kind of a civil war going on within the catholic church well i did Uh, see something too about uh i i think they the vatican issued a warning to american bishops who were considering uh not offering communion or withholding communion from people who support abortion uh governor or not governors but lawmakers who support abortion so yeah that that would show that there's you know a schism maybe on a, a couple fronts yeah well um there there is a uh there's a bill in Texas right now called uh, uh, one of them is a ban the Bible bill uh, in Texas. Yeah, uh, and but that they have to do with sexual orientation and gender uh, identity language. That's called S O G I language, and um, they've passed the Republican control calendars committee and were placed on the calendar for today or tomorrow. What's the good, but all these bills are Arthur. They're authored by Democrats, um, you know, and so, um, these, you know, these are LGBTQ bills and, um, you know, that they're going to start coming to your neck of the woods, wherever you are, because it's, uh, in our country, but you know, just to when you stop and think about where our world is right now where our country is right now and uh, everything going on we are really living in some unprecedented times and you think when it can't get worse mm-hmm. you know you just think okay it's going to get better it's going to get better uh and as believers our faith and our hope is in the one true living god so we don't react to the news the same way we shouldn't the way everybody else does but um, the reality of what's happening in our world should make us be more prayerful and uh, uh, really be aware of what's going on in the news. Why? Because you can't live with your head in the sand and, and be an ambassador. you got to know about the world in which you are an ambassador to. And, uh, you know, uh, right now, um, if you look at uh, the Department of Health and Human Services announced just this week, 
that it's going to pre- pre- prohibit discrimination on the basis of sexual and orientation and gender identity. So health care providers, if you work in a hospital, like Baptist Hospital, doesn't matter what the hospital is, uh, but if you get any funding from the health and human services to provide medical services to transgender individuals, you're going to rec- be required to do that. Um, uh, sex change procedures for all patients who request them, even children. This is coming down from the Biden administration. Uh, and the Health and Human Services announced um, that its Office for Civil Rights will comply with the Religious Freedom Act. However, if the Equality Act becomes law, that supersedes the other act, they're going to say. It's going to uh, appeal to religious liberty is going to be forbidden. And faith-based hospitals would be required to perform sex change surgery on children and adults. If they accept the money, right? Yep, yeah. yep. So um, I, I just, uh, we need to be prayerful and, and speak the truth. Speak the truth. Yeah. Call the truth. You know, I, I have to tell you, uh, watching uh, what most people would con- be considering conservative news networks, but they're not faith-based news networks. They're just conservative news networks have caved in. And trying to push the Bruce, or uh, oh, Caitlyn Jenner, it, well, Bruce, Bruce Jenner thing. Bruce, yeah. Caitlyn, whatever his name is, it's Bruce Male Jenner. Caitlyn is the name he chooses to go by now, uh, but... He dresses as a woman, and they refer to him as a she. It is not a she. It is a he. He was born a male. That hasn't changed as far as God's concerned. He's still got male DNA. He's got male biology. Um, And so as believers, we should not retreat from that. We should speak the truth. That is not unloving to speak truth to somebody who's deluded. Yeah, (laughs) They're delusional. Uh, if if I start running around telling you I think I'm a dragon, <laughs> you're going to tell me, no, you're not. Well, yes, I am. I'm a dragon today. Well, no, you're not. You can't be a dragon. That's ridiculous. Well, it's just as ridiculous to say you're a girl when you're biologically a male. Well, I feel feminine. Well, be a feminine feeling male, but you're a male. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just so crazy where our culture is. We are calling uh, you know, we're, we're just calling things, things they're not. We're buying into that. And as believers, we don't do that. We live according to the word of God. And I just read today, I don't know if you were there. I think you had left. Uh, Mark 8 says, if we are ashamed of him and his word, he will be ashamed of us. Don't be ashamed that you stand for truth. And uh, Stephen wasn't. That's the guy we're talking about this week. And uh, Stephen was a guy who stood up and said, I'm all in for Jesus. And I hope that you will be all in and not compromise on your values. Um, You know, Paul says we have the mind of Christ. That means we love people, but we don't affirm sin. We love people, but we don't affirm their delusions. That's not loving to really do that. And the spirit of Christ lives in us and is this temple. So, um, you know, uh, we, we should know what God's word says and be unashamed to speak it. So, Yeah, I agree. All right, we are up against the break, so we will be back with more after the break. 
We'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, D-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. If you'd like to contact SWAT Radio, the toll-free number is 1-844-777-7928. That's 844-777-7928 or 844-777-SWAT. You can also listen to this program through the WTRJ The Truth app from the App Store or over the Internet by accessing www.swatradio.com. We'll be back shortly for further discussion and to take your calls. We're so grateful for having people like Tom Neal Truck Company sponsoring SWAT Radio. Tom Neal Truck Company is located at 417 Edgewood Avenue South in Jacksonville, Florida. Tom Neal is a full-service franchise truck dealer for Freightliner, Western Star, Volvo, Isuzu, and Sprinter vans offering new and used truck sales, service, parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. That is Red Letters by David Crowder. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we are talking a little bit about what's been going on in the news around the country and the world. Uh, We will be getting into Acts uh, chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. But first, we're going to finish up a little bit talking about what's been going on um, around the country and then specifically kind of what's been going on in Israel and uh, kind of our response to that, uh, I said I say our, but you know, certain responses uh, from certain segments in our country want to blame uh, Israel for getting attacked, and you know, it's 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 kind of an ironic thing uh, that doesn't really seem on its face to comport with what that segment, the left segment of the uh, political divide, kind of stands for. Well, uh, here's the thing. Um, Israel has been one of our allies, probably our strongest ally in that part of the world mm-hmm. for a long time. Definitely, and, especially um, in that part of the world. And um, the, you know, the Arab leaders have been silent, which is tacit support for the terrorism and rioting that's been going on over there uh, by staying quiet about all these things that are going on, and and Israel's just saying, no, we're not going to do that. We're going to pursue rioters. We're going to pursue people uh, who are breaking the law. What a concept, right? Mm -hmm. Go in there and take people that are trying to start anarchy. By the way, you sent me something, I think it was yesterday, about Antifa out in the Northwest. I did not get a chance to read it. I just saw the headline, I think, in it was talking about they were saying death to america is that true yeah yeah they were chanting death to america there's video of that and 
um, you know, like I was kind of saying with that, it's not surprising. A lot of those uh, Antifa members actually got trained uh, by radicals over in Syria uh, to in- implement some of the taxes that tactics that they're using. But it is a little surprising that we see it. And it, it it's not even a blip really on the, on the news landscape. Um, and, and, and uh, with, with the Israel situation, it is pretty telling that what, like a hundred days ago before the Biden administration had, had, uh, before he'd been sworn in, Israel was still signing peace deals with Arab countries and now on the brink of, you know, another Palestinian, Israeli conflict. So it's, well, and yeah, and this one they said looks more escalated than the one back in fourteen, which yeah. was pretty pretty uh, serious at that time. Have uh, you seen the videos of the rockets and? Yeah, the, it, it's pretty amazing to see. Uh, yeah, a yeah. thousand rockets uh, have been fired in the last thirty six hours, and uh, Bibi Netanyahu is not a guy to be messed around with. Um, I think he was he was somebody I don't know if it was Blinken who is the uh you know state department guy uh for Biden or but or one of his uh, deputies but one of them talked about calm and remaining calm and said we need to pull back and Netanyahu said listen when you're getting rocketed over there and you've responded in that way, then you call and talk to me about how to respond to the rockets. Yeah, and our response is particularly from the West of not condemning Hamas and kind of trying to to, to create an equivalency between the two parties as if one isn't the aggressor is just making Israel feel more and more isolated. And, you know, if you're like, okay, no one's going to come to defend us, we're going to do what we need to do to make sure we defend our citizens. Well, um couple of the generals are saying that biden has to come out and condemn the hamas rocket attacks and he hadn't done that as of yet he hasn't really said anything yeah i mean he, well, he hasn't well, said anything on really anything that's been going on he it, we are facing you know a few different serious things and he's been silent yeah. on them and in fact you know his uh policies are, are direct con- contributors to that you know, his uh, we, he weakened the immigration laws, and now we got a border crisis. He canceled the Keystone Pipeline. Now we have an energy crisis, and he restored funding to the Palestinian Authority, and now Hamas is emboldened to attack Israel. Yeah. You know, so it, it looks like weakness and, you know, a flaw, but it, it maybe it's a feature. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think uh, all of his policies have contributed right now to everything from the border to the economy. Uh, shutting down the pipelines, like you were saying, all these things, it's like a perfect storm right now for a real uh, toilet flush of our economy. And and I think it's intentional, you know, and, you know, you can't prove that, but it would, I, I, in the way that I read and then looking at what's going on, it seems to be, you know, blatant ignorance and, and, or done intentionally uh, to, to push us to the brink. Yeah. Well, um, uh, you know, it's, it's that along with what's being taught to our kids. And by the, by the way, uh, the governor, um, of, uh, Oklahoma just signed a law and the school board out there in Oklahoma city got really upset at the law because the law basically, um, states that no teacher shall require or make part of a course. Um, let's see where to go. Uh, let me see it. Um, no teacher shall require or make part of a course that one race or sex is inherently superior to another race or sex. 
Though the bill does not name critical race theory, it lists several concepts uh, that cannot be made part of a course by school employees, such as the belief that an individual by virtue of his or her race or sex bears responsibility for actions committed in the past by other members of the same race or sex. So in its essence is attacking critical theory, which is, I think, great that he's doing that to bring that out. But the school board erupted. They were upset. But um, there's two ways that you can deal with these issues. You can get your state government to pass laws or you can get the school board. Most school boards are not because a lot of them are made up of fairly liberal uh, people. Yeah, and, and, you know, if that's the case, then, you know, it's time to to go after the school boards. Um, you know, I think you, you saw what happened in Texas. Uh, I can't remember exactly which county, but they uh, basically ran uh, challengers to the school boards um, because of the critical race theory and also the mayor and one other um, uh, position. I don't remember exactly which one it was, but they won 70 to 30 to push through uh, members who were against critical race theory and stuff like that. So I think that the segment of the population that doesn't want that is greater than the one that is that does want it. But if we don't do anything, well, it's just going to keep getting pushed in. And so there's examples around the country of people who decided to go back and take back the school boards. And if you live in an area where uh, the school board is maybe acting in a way that's un-American and ungodly, maybe it's time to to start pushing back yeah i think so well i just ordered vody bockham's book fault lines oh, yeah. uh, and i want to see how he addresses that i know it's gotten some pretty good reviews and uh, it sold gotten, out for a little bit wasn't it yeah, yeah it was um and so uh Vody's our brother he's been on the program a couple of times and uh he has been undergoing some heart uh surgery and uh and now is uh recovering and much going to be headed back to africa pretty shortly um but anyway um i um i'm very thankful for Vody uh taking that on our guest tomorrow a guy named owen strong owen is uh from kansas and uh he is going to be uh, talking with us tomorrow about a variety of issues but that is one of them i'm going to ask him about so i hope you guys will tune in tomorrow you know um Again, uh, if you have not been out in the last day or two uh, and you you need gas, whether you're in Mississippi, Florida, Georgia, Virginia, or wherever you are, um, uh, you might want to go ahead and fill up your tanks with gas because people are uh, long lines at the gas stations here that I saw going in and several of the gas stations uh, are out because of this pipeline thing. Um, Yeah. you know, we're looking at Acts uh, this week, Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 17, looking at the life of Stephen uh, and a message that he gives in front of people that had accused him of um, being uh, a blasphemer against God, a blasphemer against Moses, a blasphemer against uh, the temple, and a blasphemer uh, against the law. And he... Um, he is a bold witness. He's a biblical witness. And that's what we're really going to focus in today on is his biblical witness as he lays out the history of Israel to the people that are accusing him. You know, it's interesting to me uh, as I, I look at this text, and I had one of the SWAT guys come up to me today, Tim. I always appreciate Tim. He's got some good insights. And he was saying, you know, 
that the leaders were projecting onto Stephen, you know, what they were actually doing. Mm. You know, it's kind of like they accuse people of doing things, but they're the ones who are actually doing it. It's not like we don't see that going on. <laughs> but, you know, uh, he he brought that up, and it's true. If you look at what they accused him of, and Stephen's argument is beautiful because he defends himself, but then he indicts them. And see, in the West, uh, the way we uh, confront somebody is we usually just go directly to them. Hey, Taylor, you know, you're wrong on this, or Taylor, you messed up on this. That's not the way they do it in the East. In the East, what they do is they tell a story or they tell, they take you through and they remind you of something as they're telling a story. And as they're telling you, you figure out who you are in the story. And so he masterfully lays out about Abraham and how God called him out of grace. He lays out uh, about Joseph. And we're going to get into today this um, biblical narrative that he lays out in one of the greatest, most concise uh, sermonettes uh, about the history of God interacting with his people from Abraham all the way through David and Solomon. And so uh, when we come back, we'll kind of pick up uh, today where we left off yesterday, looking at Stephen as a guy who's all in. And the theme for the week is Stephen was a man fully surrendered to the Lordship of Christ. And the question we need to ask ourselves is, am I, am I really fully surrendered uh, the people over in the Middle East, we don't have to worry about in Iran, uh, China. They, those people who are believers there, just by believing, they have thrown their chip in that they're all in. Mm-hmm. For me and you here, there's nothing really that places that demand on us. Uh, and so it's an optional thing a lot of times. So when we come back, we're going to look at Stephen and how he's responding, and hopefully it'll be encouraging to you and your walk. All right, so make sure you stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. We'd like to give a shout-out to our listeners listening in Virginia at the Lighthouse, as well as in Meridian, Mississippi, listening on WMER, and all of you who are listening online around the country or the world, wherever you are. We'd also like to give a shout-out to our local listeners listening at 91.7 in Jacksonville, 91.9 in St. Augustine, and 91.3 in Folkestone, Georgia. We are finishing up uh, our discussion on Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 17. When we come back from the break, if you missed any of this week, you can go to www.swatradio.com and click on the past programs link, and there you can listen to our full catalog of programs. Again, that's www.swatradio.com, excuse me, and the past programs link. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the news. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That is Casting Crowns with Nobody. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 17 this week. Uh, Today we are going to be focusing uh, towards the latter half, uh, verses 8 through 17, to kind of wrap up 
this week's discussion before moving into next week, obviously. If you missed any of this, you can go to www.swatradio.com, click on the past programs link, and there you can listen to our full catalog of programs, including this one about an hour after the show or the program wraps. Again, that's www.swatradio.com. You know, when we uh, look at the life of Stephen, uh, Stephen, we don't know a lot about. A lot of times people talk about Daniel. We talked about that. There's, you know, 12 chapters in the book of Daniel, and nothing negative is ever said about Daniel. But nothing never never's said about him except by people who are making false charges against Stephen. But Stephen had a relatively short time span that we see uh, his life, right? I mm-hmm. mean, as a, as, as a believer, it's only a few weeks, maybe a month. And uh, we looked at Stephen uh, a couple of weeks ago when we were looking at what it said about him being chosen before they took him before the Sanhedrin, which was like their Supreme Court. And we looked at him being a man full of faith. He was controlled by faith of what he believed. He believed in God's word. He believed in God's sovereignty, and he believed in God's Messiah. That was what his faith was in. And he was said he was, he was a man full of faith. He was a man full of the Spirit which means he yielded himself to God's word and his plan. He was also a man full of wisdom, which means he was a man who um, feared the Lord and applied the word through that lens of a healthy fear of the Lord. He was also a man full of grace. He extended grace to those who mistreated him. He was a man full of power. Uh, He did miracles, preached powerfully. He was a man full of courage. We saw that. He went into the synagogues arguing with people, debating with them about Jesus of Nazareth being the Messiah. And then he was a a guy full of God's presence because his face glowed, um, it says, like a face of an angel. And so this week we've been in Chapter 7 on his message to the Sanhedrin. And again, he's brought up on four specific charges, blasphemy against God, against Moses, the temple and against the law. He could have been killed for the blasphemy charge. And he had two objectives as he went in front of the Sanhedrin. By the way, if you're listening, what would your objective be? For most of it's just to get out of there. You know, we, we don't want to die. We don't want to be punished. We want to get out. His objective was to get them to listen, to share the gospel with them. Um, in First Peter 3 says, always be ready to give an answer. Uh, and Titus 1, 9 says, hold fast, silence deceivers with the truth. And so this is what he does. And we looked at yesterday, verses 1 through 7, about him being a bold witness, going in front of these professionals and teaching them about the Torah. They were the Torah professionals. They were the older, wiser elders and he says, listen, the new covenant is not against the true living God, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. I believe in that God, the God of glory. Remember, we went to Psalm 29. Seven times in that psalm, it says the voice of God. And the term God of glory is used there only once in the whole Old Testament. And what uh, Stephen is saying is, I'm one of you. I, I, God moved Abraham to Israel, the place that you now live. And, and so we all are here by God's grace. And, and Abraham held on to a promise. 
it wasn't about a possession for him. And he says, um, you know, you're going to go into bondage, so things are going to get tough, but I'm going to bring you out, and I'm going to punish that nation that's in bondage. And he's, he's prophesying about Egypt holding Israel as slaves. Now, nobody saw that before it happened. When Joseph went in there, I want you to think about this for a second. Joseph, when he raises up to the second highest position in all of Egypt, his family comes in there. They're given land in Goshen, and they're riding pretty high as a people, right? They have the favor of Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. Joseph is number two in command, and nobody knew what was about to happen. But let's go back to verse 8 because we looked at him being a bold witness. Let's look at how biblical he is. What does he do in being a biblical witness, starting in verse 8? It says, and he gave him, talking about God gave him, Abraham, the covenant of circumcision. And so Abraham became the father of Isaac and circumcised him on the eighth day, and Isaac became the father of Jacob and Jacob of the twelve patriarchs. At this point, all the leaders of the Sanhedrin are going, okay, this guy's not that bad. He, he, he He's talking very positively about Abraham, Isaac, the patriarchs. He's talking about circumcision. Uh, circumcision was the mark of the Jewish people, of their loyalty to God, the fact that they were his. And so he says that about the patriarchs, and I'm sure they're excited about that. And he's unfolding their story. And then in verse 9 he says, and the patriarchs, jealous of Joseph, sold him into Egypt, but God was with him. So what happens? The patriarchs rejected God's chosen leader. So who's blaspheming God here? When, when you reject God's plan, you're saying, no, that's blasphemy to God. You reject his plan? He's saying, this is the one I choose? No, I choose God. You know, God, I want to choose. That's not fair what you chose. Do you ever do that? Mm-hmm. you ever look at life and go, no, God, I don't want that. I want this. It's easy to do in the world in which we live because mm-hmm. you and I live in a world where from the time we're born till the time we've grown to be adults, we're told it's about you. Yeah. Have it your way, Burger King, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, you can do it your way. And so... This is what uh, Stephen brings out in the message to them. And it says they were jealous and sold him into Egypt, and God, but God was with him. And he rescued him out of all his afflictions and gave him favor and wisdom before Pharaoh, king of Egypt, who made him ruler over Egypt and over all his household. Now there came a famine throughout all Egypt and Canaan and great affliction, and our fathers could find no food. You reject God and his plan, you may find yourself without food, Mm. without somebody that he chose to be the deliverer. And he goes, but when Jacob heard, verse 12 of 7, but when Jacob heard that there was grain in Egypt, he sent out uh, our fathers, and uh, he sent out our fathers on their first visit. And on their second visit, Joseph made himself known to his brothers and Joseph's family became known to Pharaoh. And Joseph sent and summoned Jacob, his father, 
and all his kindred, 75 persons in all. And Jacob went down into Egypt and he died, he and our fathers. And they were carried back to Shechem and laid in the tomb that Abraham had bought for a sum of silver from the son of Hamor in Shechem. But as the time of the promise drew near, which God had granted to Abraham, the people increased and multiplied in Egypt. They increased and they multiplied in Egypt. He's unfolding God's promise, his sovereignty. Joseph was the chosen one. The brothers rejected him. Then God sent him back a second time. After they rejected him, he raised him up, sent him back, and he saved them. Does that sound familiar to you? Yeah. Isn't that what Jesus did? Mm -hmm. He came. He was rejected. When he came back a second time, what happened? He redeemed his people. And Stephen bought into that. Stephen received that. And so, again, all throughout verses 1 through 17, what Stephen is doing, he's being a bold witness, but he's being a biblical witness and laying out biblically the history of Israel. And notice who the bad guys are in the story. Who are the bad guys? Um, the ones who re- rejected God's uh, chosen. And who who was that? It his, was the, his brothers. The patriarchs. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our fathers. Wait a minute. You're accusing me of blasphemy. But it was our fathers that rejected God's chosen one. And that's what he's saying. He actually turns it on them. And what he does is he says they rejected God's plan. Israel had a history of rejecting God's plan and his prophets. And if you go throughout the Bible, you see Israel has this long history. And what Stephen is saying is, listen, I believe in the God of glory. I believe in the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. And the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob, is also the God who sent Jesus of Nazareth. The new covenant doesn't conflict with that God The new covenant is from that God. And that's what his point is to these men. And he's defending the faith and he's indicting them. He's putting it back on them. And he does it in such a good way because they're sucked in as they're listening to the story. They love that story. That's their story. Mm -hmm. And he keeps, you know, as he says over and over, our fathers, our fathers, our fathers. And he's being a very biblical witness. Now, the important part of all this is his Bible was the Old Testament. So he's expositing the Old Testament as part of his defense. That's what he's doing. He's 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 sharing with them what the Bible says. He's not arguing with them about why they should believe in the Bible. He's simply telling them what the Bible says. So I think that a lot of times, you know, when we are talking with people that may or may not agree with us, uh, they... Uh, they, you know, we, we think we've got to win the mental arguments with them. We think we've got to win the, the mental battle instead of just telling them what the Bible says. Yeah. And he's just laying out the story for them. Hey, our patriarchs, our fathers, they rejected God's chosen one. And remember what he said when he took him to Psalm 29. Seven times it says, the voice of the Lord, the voice of the Lord. And he's saying, the voice of the Lord is saying again, God's chosen one is here, and it's Jesus of Nazareth. Don't make the same mistake our fathers did. Yeah. 
Yeah, that's good. Make sure you stick with us. We're going to pick up there when we come back from the break. Uh, we'd like to let you know that you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle. That is at SWAT Radio Talk. And you can download our SWAT app in the App Store. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back. This program has the potential to reach millions of men each week. If you'd like to learn how you can support this unique program that is helping men understand the truth about Jesus through God's Word and how to impact their lives and the lives of others, then go to www.swatradio.com. Then click on the donate link to help SWAT Radio pass on the truth for the next generation. Highway to Eternity Ministries is a ministry dedicated to encouraging those who have lost hope and coming alongside those who cannot find peace and are considered unfit for inclusion in Christ's church. They use published works to teach God's Word and share encouraging testimonies of transformed lives. Highway to Eternity Ministries serves as a parachurch ministry that comes alongside churches to share its passion and commitment through spiritual writings, nuances, and experiences to everyone who has an interest in the teachings of Jesus Christ. For more information, contact Jeff Andrews at 904-436-5175. That is Brother by Need to Breathe. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, we are looking at Acts chapter 7, verses 1 through 17 this week. Uh, Today we're focusing on 8 through 17. If you have any questions about what we've talked about today, including uh, talking about the news of the day before, you can call us at uh, 1-844-777-7928. Again, that's 1-844-777-SWAT. Or you can email us at ask at SWATradio.com. That's ask ask at SWATradio.com. Again, if you would like to join the discussion or if you have any questions, we would love to hear from you. I want to point out a couple other things, Taylor, about this first section, verses 1 through 17, that you might not have thought about, is when God called Abraham, where did he call him from? From uh, Ur. Mesopotamia, right? Yeah. Was that a pagan place? Mm Mm-hmm. So when God gave the promise... He gave it to a man who came from a pagan place. When God rescued his people, who did he use to rescue them from the uh, famine? Oh, Pharaoh. What? Well, Joseph. 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 Yeah. And where was Joseph from? In a pagan land. In Egypt. Have you ever thought about that? So here he's laying out twice. Abraham was called from a pagan land, to, and, and Abraham did what? Abraham was the father of the faith, right? Mm-hmm. Abraham was the one the promise was given to. And he called him out of Mesopotamia, out of Ur of the Chaldees. And jo- or, yeah, Joseph was in Egypt. And God brought him out of Egypt to rescue his land, bring his family into Egypt, what, for 400 years of slavery. Now, he said he was going to take them into slavery 400 years before they ever got there. 
You ever wonder why? Why that happened? It doesn't really say. But he told them back in Genesis they were going to do it, right? He doesn't say you're going to do it because of this. He just says, you know, you're going to be enslaved for 400 years. Yeah, you know, and it's interesting to kind of think uh, about that and kind of what what may have been going on in the world at the time. You know, there's, from a historical perspective, there's a, a few different thoughts, but you know, there's also the the aspect of, uh, you know, if they had a stayed in Canaan the whole time, would they have been a people, uh, you know, a unified people of Israelites? You know what I mean? And there's a, the, a an aspect of suffering and suffering together that brings people closer and creates a community. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that's an interesting concept to play with. But, yeah, we don't really know why God... Uh, chose to do it that way but that it was just part of his sovereign plan well i know and i just think i i just find it interesting that he said they would be slaves for 400 years um they would go to a country not their own and um and you know i just i i i think of how that happened like how did they ever get to that plot place well, the brothers had to reject Joseph, mm. first of all. Mm-hmm. And then Joseph got there by what? Being sold into slavery. Yeah. So who was the first slave of the people? Yeah, Joseph. So the first slave, before they ever were enslaved hundreds of years later, we don't know how long later, maybe uh, maybe even a hundred, made, we don't know how long of a time period it was, but... Now, he's the first one. So the one who was a ruler was a slave first, you know, and he goes into being a slave for Potiphar. He's falsely accused, goes to prison, and ends up being the number two guy in all of there, um, in all of Egypt. And I just I just think it's fascinating to me that when he makes that prediction, God knew how it would unfold. So when we look at, events in our world today um you know i ask you the question in swat today we were talking about that because um you know i think when we look at circumstances and i'll just take uh because it's so prevalent in the news right now let's say the black lives matter organization they don't approach anything that goes on in our culture from a biblical perspective right yeah. So let, let's say I was a let's say that let's say it wasn't um Black Lives Matter. Let's say it was HLM, Hindu Lives Matter. And let's say Indians were mistreated. And you know, we were trying to get everybody to wear HLM shirts and and support Hindus wherever they are because they've been mistreated for a long time. And the argument is, well, you know, some of the points they make are good and we need to support them. But Hindus believe in millions of gods. Hmm. You're not going to support that. And in the same way, when an organization is rabidly anti-God and anti-Bible, you don't have to support that organization to believe that black lives are important and valuable. And and I think 
like I said many times on this program, that 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 organization as well as others have hijacked things that have been going on to people uh, who are black in this country and have been mistreated as a Trojan horse by the enemy to come in and get uh, critical theory, anti-racism stuff in there, which is really not anti-racism at all. If you read that Abraham X, X Kendi, mm-hmm. uh, if you read his stuff, it's an embrace of racism. It, it, it's, it is. And there's no forgiveness there. It's not about forgiveness. The message of Jesus is to forgive. It is to extend mercy and grace. It is to value people, to treat people the way you want to be treated. And if you really embrace that, what Christ said, that is the only answer for racism or ethnic prejudice, whatever you want to call it. I use that term because that's what people use in our culture. But I just I was thinking about that with the sovereignty of God in this particular case. If you would took if you would take a critical theory approach to this, you would have looked as the Egyptians as the oppressors and the Israelis as the oppressed. Just two classes of people. And that's the danger in that whole mindset. Yeah, and you know that that's not to discount, you know, oppression and and you know people who are go through hard things but if your sole focus is on the power dynamics and power politics you're you're straying from the gospel for one but you're also not going to look uh with fidelity towards your fellow man and you're going to be uh you're going to be a harsher individual for it and that's what is unique about the gospel is that you know it doesn't take it it doesn't take away from any of the the hardships people have faced and yet there's still the aspect of love and forgiveness that we are to extend to those around us because that's what has been extended to us mm-hmm. um and and yeah when when you go farther and farther down the the rabbit hole of uh race baiting you know kind of the race hustle the the power politics the dynamics that are involved there you're that's not going to lead to more love. And so as, as Christians, we should be wary of that and what it's producing in the hearts of those who uh, adhere to it. Yeah. I, I just, I think that right now uh, where we are in our country as a whole is it's very easy for us to simply go along to get along. Mm, mm-hmm. Yes. I mean, I know people say that phrase as a kind of a cliche, but it's true. People don't, they're afraid of backlash. They're afraid of being viewed. And there's a power that is wielded over people. And we cannot be afraid of man. We cannot be afraid of people because we speak the truth. And the truth is there's two classes of people in the world, according to the Bible. There's those who are gods and those who were satans plain and simple you're either an enemy of god or you're his child not everybody is a child of god everybody has the image of god but you know this idea we're all god's children no we're not all god's children we're all god's creation yes but we're not all god's children you're only his child if you're adopted by 
faith in Jesus Christ, by grace and then the faith in Jesus Christ. So um, so to the idea of oppression and oppressed, if you're a believer and there is another believer who is being mistreated, we should uh, advocate for them. And there should be no problem to advocate for that person. Um, and it doesn't matter what color their skin is. We advocate for everybody who's mistreated. Yeah. And, um, and you know, another thing about the oppression and the oppressor that discounts the historical fact that every segment, uh, every type of population people group you want to think of has been an oppressor, uh, and has been a, an oppressed and set upon people, you know? So it's like, where do you want to draw the line? Where do you want to draw the distinction? Because like you're talking about with Israel, they were enslaved and they you went through the Holocaust and all this stuff. But a lot of people in America today would consider them to be oppressors. You know what I mean? So it's it's just a, 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 a dumb dichotomy that doesn't hold up to any sort of scrutiny, particularly historical scrutiny, to look at the actual facts of uh, of history. And, you know, again, like we say, it doesn't align with the Bible either. Well, people make the mistake of thinking that, uh, you know, because – there are topics within critical theory that we need to consider, mm-hmm. you know, uh, justice, which is a real topic, uh, ethnic prejudice, which is a real topic, equality, but there's a difference between equality and equity. Yeah. You know, and, and they're, uh, they're, they're good for changing definitions to mean what they want them to mean instead of what they have meant historically. It, it, well, here's the deal. Why would you pick and choose from something that is completely anti-Bible when the Bible is a textbook on issues like relationships and partiality. So anyway, uh, I'm glad you joined us today. We're going to be back tomorrow with more of SWAT Radio. we got Owen Strand tomorrow. Owen is a professor at Midwestern. You don't want to miss it. He will be talking about critical theory tomorrow and a lot of other cool stuff. Owen Strand, S-T-R-A-C-H-A-N. All right, that's all the time we have for today. Make sure you tune in tomorrow. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. If you missed a SWAT radio broadcast this week and would like to hear any show in its entirety, then go to SWATradio.com. Click on Past Shows, where you can listen to the broadcast. Also, if you're looking for a band of brothers that gather around God's Word to be a part of, then go to SWATradio.com and email one of our hosts, and they can get you plugged in to one of the local SWAT Bible studies. Tune in next time to explore how SWAT radio is strengthening